Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Friends, we are beginning a six-week series on the book of Ephesians. To help our community get the most out of it, we're going to send uh, a daily text to you so that you and each text will have a daily prompting for how to read that chapter So if you could now, uh, pull out your cell phone and text the word Ephesians to the phone number 97,000. So act like 97,000 is like a good friend of yours. So type in that number and then uh, text in the text box the word Ephesians. And you will get a daily prompting every morning when you get up for just to kind of help you get into scripture uh, more during the six-week experience. Um, Really looking forward to it, and it starts tomorrow, so make sure to go ahead and do it sometime today. Our scripture reading for today is from Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 19. For this reason, ever since I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for those who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength the Lord, that raised the Lord from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is crazy to think that the last time we gathered in a time of worship like this was seven months ago. And I remember thinking after spring break that we would probably, our kids would go back to school. I was annoyed that we had to have them at home for a couple weeks. And that couple of weeks turned into seven months. And here we are, worshiping on the side of the highway in some borrowed piece of grass. Here we are. Thank you to One Chapel, though, for being an incredible host. Can we give them? God bless you. So one of the things I, I'm hoping for and praying for when it comes to our church is that we will use this time to reconsider what does it mean to be a community of people who are following Jesus together. That I, I hope that we just, after this experience is over with, that we just don't go back to what's normal, but we actually see this as an opportunity to, to imagine what it's like to be a part of God's kingdom here in this time, for us to reconsider how the vine can be a community of people who are taking seriously the call to follow Jesus together. I actually think that studying a book like Ephesians will be incredibly helpful as we see that our experience as a church is tied and tied to communities that existed 2,000 years ago, that our experiences are more similar than they are different as we seek to be the body of Christ. It's interesting, as I re- researched this ancient city, Ephesus, I saw so many similarities between their community in in Austin. So for instance, Ephesus was the capital for that region. 
Um, because it was the hub of a lot of trading routes, it was this city that had great economic prosperity. There was a lot of income in that city. And so many people were traveling and moving to Ephesus. It was a city that was expanding and booming, especially from people from California. They were just coming to Ephesus. Real estate prices were very low. And so Ephesus was this, this city that was known for being really diverse because of all these different people coming to this one city. It was this melting pot of schools of thought, of background, of race, um, all in this one little city. You guys can, are, can probably hear the similarities between Ephesus and Austin. It was also the actual first Donut Taco Palace was actually there, but it was actually a palace. But there in that diverse city, that diverse city, there was this thriving church. There's this church that it was vibrant and people knew of it. And even, even the reputation of the church in Ephesus was spreading. People were talking about how there, there's a church in a city like Ephesus, even though it's multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-religious. There's this community there. And Paul says this in verse 15, for this reason, Ever since I heard about, listen, there's two different things that the reputation is known for. They're known for two different things. Ever since I heard about your faith in Jesus and your love of all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Though this, though this church was situated in a place that you might think it'd be, would be difficult to be the church, they had a reputation for having a vibrant faith that Jesus was real and it changes how we live, changes the reality of our lives together. They had this faith while also they were known for being extravagant in their love. And don't you, don't you love the fact there's those two elements of what this church is known for? Wouldn't you want to be a church known for that? That truly believed in the power of knowing Jesus and following Jesus. And because of that, you love well. You're extravagant with your love. I actually think those two things are, are on opposite sides of the same coin because I think to love well, it actually requires faith. To live with compassion and generosity that's beyond of your own desires, that actually takes faith. It takes great faith to set aside your agenda so that you can love with extravagance. Elsewhere, Paul said, the only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. When it all comes down to it, it only, the only thing that matters, according to God's word, the only thing that matters in the end is faith expressed in love. And this church in Ephesus, they're doing it. They're living with vibrant faith and they're expressing it with radical love. And this not only causes Paul to stop and give thanks for a church like this, but then he goes on to say a prayer. He has a plea. This is the same prayer that I'm lifting up for our church, especially in this season. I have a plea that I'm coming to, and it's for something in particular. He can't stop praying for one thing. This is what he says in verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
so that you may know him better. Paul is asking for two things on behalf of the church, wisdom and revelation. Now, you would think that those two are pretty much synonymous to have wisdom and have revelation, but I actually see that they're different. Revelation is the ability to see something you couldn't see. It's be able to have an insight that wasn't of your own doing. It couldn't just muster. Some, something was revealed to you. And Paul is saying, I'm praying for that, that spirit to be known in your church. It's like this, those moments you have, that sacred insight, that sacred moment. Something resonates deeply within you. And you know that someone revealed that to you. It's that aha. It's that gift of God. I liken, I liken it to walking on a college campus. And uh, as you walk through the college campus, somehow a Frisbee's thrown your way. And if you don't have your AirPods in and you're not just zoned out, you can actually see that this thing came your way and maybe you weren't looking for it. Maybe you weren't asking for it. You probably weren't dressing in your cool Frisbee outfit that morning, hoping that someone would throw you a Frisbee. I don't know what a cool Frisbee outfit, probably chocos. I'm wearing my cool Frisbee outfit right now. But this thing comes to you, and you didn't ask for it. Sometimes you weren't even looking for it. Revelations come to us from God. They're a gift from God. Sometimes it's a moment in Scripture that all of a sudden feels like this word is as true to me today. This is the word I needed to hear today. Sometimes revelation comes from a challenging or encouraging word from a, a friend, a loved one who looks you in the eyes and says that thing that quickens your heart. Sometimes a revelation is uh, a moment in nature. For me, a couple weeks ago, I I was praying to God outside, and there was like this perfectly timed breeze that for me, for whatever reason, just reminded me that God was with me, that God was near. And Paul is praying for that. Paul's praying that this church would experience revelations. They would have insights in God, that God would reveal God's self. So for whatever reason, God chooses to use the ordinary to create holy moments, revelations. And the, the question is, are we actually attentive enough to see them? Are we actually awake and alert enough to see the moment when the thing comes our way, the moment when that revelation comes our way? Are we actually uh, attentive and awake enough to see it? C.S. Lewis, he said this, We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. And the incognito is not always hard to penetrate. But the real labor, the real labor is to attend. In fact, to come awake. Still more to remain awake. What C.S. Lewis is saying is that revelations are all around us because God has chosen to be near, to be present. So someone who is following Jesus follows Jesus with an open heart, believing that God, if we're awake, that God reveals God's self, that God wants to do that. God never stops initiating. The question is whether or not we are waiting, we are looking. But revelation is not enough. Having this moment, is not enough. Paul also prays for wisdom. If revelation is a sacred insight or moment, wisdom is the ability to know what to do because of it. If a revelation is this encounter, wisdom 
is knowing how to live out that encounter. It's how to respond. So if a revelation is a Frisbee that hits the ground next to you, wisdom is having the awareness to actually stop, to take off your backpack, to set aside the agenda that you're on, and actually pick up the Frisbee and return it. Too often I think that we have these moments, but they fall on deaf ears. They fall with your distracted minds. But when we actually have this revelation, we have the wisdom to do something with it. Something powerful can happen. Hey, Luke, will you stand up for me? Luke and I have thrown Frisbees for years, haven't we, Luke? And great. Why don't you scoot over here, right there. All right, so something happens. Can we get up further out? Further out over there. A little bit further out. All right, so something happens with this encounter with wisdom and revelation. If revelation is this thing that comes to you and wisdom is knowing how to respond. So when, it's a little windy, Luke, it's a little windy. Let's keep, just keep it going. So, good throw. So there's this beautiful thing that happens when wisdom and revelation takes place. If revelation is being tossed to the Frisbee, wisdom is knowing what to do with that moment. After a while, if you actually live with this, uh, this exchange of wisdom and revelation, something profound happens is you begin to see revelations more and more. You become mindful that they actually might be taking place all around us. And the beautiful thing that happens when there's this exchange of wisdom and revelation, there's this flow that happens with us and God. If we begin to believe that God wants to speak and reveal himself to us, we actually grow grow attentive. And this is what Paul is saying. I pray, I ask that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then he says this, so that you may know him better. As we have experiences of revelation and the wisdom to follow through with it and respond with it, this byproduct takes place where we will end up knowing God more. All right, that's enough. Thank you, Luke. Thank you very much. So the important thing is this exchange of wisdom and revelation, God who chooses to break into our life to show himself and wisdom to follow, this byproduct of living in this flow is we will end up knowing Christ more. And whether you know it or not, whether you feel it right now, I just truly believe the most important thing for you today is to know Christ more. The most important thing for you yesterday was to know Christ more. A year ago, a decade ago, tomorrow, 40 years from now, the most important thing in your life is to know Christ more. Because the, we were designed to have a life with God. And this life only makes sense if we are living in that flow of wisdom and revelation, remaining connected to God like a vine is connected to a branch. It's the only way that we experience this way that we've been designed. And we have been created for that. From the beginning and every step of the way, God has chosen to be a God who has made himself known. God has this longing and a desire to, to draw near to us that we might have a life with him. We see this throughout all the scripture from Moses, where Moses experienced this burning bush and God revealed God's self to Moses 
through the prophets when God spoke to the people time and time again. This is what God did. God chose to reveal himself to us. And the clearest expression of that revelation, what we are praying for, the spirit of revelation, the clearest expression of that was in Jesus. If Paul is praying that for this church, I am praying that for you, that perhaps that we would be given the same spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would know God more. So perhaps today, it's been a while since you've experienced that moment where you feel like God drew near, that God revealed himself, that you found yourself in a thin place. I just want to just prompt you right now, go ahead and just go to God in prayer. Say, God, I want to know you more. God, I want the spirit of revelation in my life. Or perhaps you today are in need of wisdom. You are longing to know how to respond in this life. It just seems chaotic and crazy. Perhaps you just need to know, God, I just need to have some wisdom. What we find here is that God loves to give those gifts to us. The God, the great revealer, has shown us, has given us Jesus to show us the great links, not only to that he's going to go to show himself to us, but also show how much he loves us and cares for us. So Vine Church, for this reason, ever since I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him more. I pray that the eyes of your heart could be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, in his incomparably great power. For you who believe, may it be so for your life, may it be so for our church.